0: Today's Joey Lawrence's birthday, by the way.
1: Wait, who's Joey Lawrence?
0: Uh, he was on Blossom. Oh my like, God. Uh, you know, Joey Lawrence.
1: That's who I thought you were talking about. <laughs> That's why I was
0: surprised. Anyway, he turned 45 today, so I might wish Joey Lawrence a happy birthday repeatedly throughout the meeting. We'll see. From bureaucracy's basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to file reports, make recommendations, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipes in the back room into our open mouths as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper. Maybe one day we'll escape from the hell that is this sub-basement, but until that day comes, this city is not going to improve itself. So here we stay, improving things. Eating sandwiches from the vending machine. Anyway, this meeting is now in session. Hello. Hello. Sorry. Yep. Oh wait, two hellos. Yes. What is going on, Paul? Do you have an echo? I do,
1: although it seems to be intermittent.
2: <laughs> I'm very sorry.
0: And also not following your words at all. This is a scary echo. I'm going to pretend that this echo is a guest. That's probably it... for the best. Okay. Yeah.
1: Well, I guess our guests should like announce themselves.
2: Yes. I'm sorry. I should have announced myself earlier. Hey, Jack. Uh, hi. I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me on again.
0: <laughs> Wait a minute. Is this Jacques Brasseur?
2: You betcha.
0: Oh, right. Well, if if Paul, if you were to have an echo, you could do much worse and to have our friend and occasional guest, Jacques Brasseur.
1: An election expert, Jacques Brasseur. An
0: election, election expert. Political junkie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: That's,
2: that, that is a good descriptor, I think, yeah. of my interests.
1: You've often been of UR pride, but you've moved on now, hey?
2: Yeah, I am just doing a lot of, like, independent consulting work uh, and trying to not pull my hair out at most of the things that are happening in Regina, so.
1: That would be hard.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm spending most of my time doing nowadays.
1: That's why we need a UBI so that we can all like spend the time on like pulling our hair out mixed with self-care that we all really need and ought to be doing
0: right now.
2: Yeah, definitely. I I mean, if ever there was a reason for UBI, I think that that would be it.
0: Well, I'm certain if we keep on looking at the federal budget, we'll, we'll find that UBI provision that we didn't know about until now.
2: Yeah, the budget was announced, and I looked at it. I opened it. It was like 700 and some pages, and I just closed it.
1: Is that something you typically do?
2: Um, No, it's not. But I think, <laughs> um, well, so I guess that's not totally true. I opened up the budget like control F and search for LGBTQ um, found that section, read it, rolled my eyes and then, uh, and then shut it.
1: Why did you roll your eyes?
2: So the federal government in 2019, the liberal government made a commitment to $10 million a year over three years for LGBTQ like you know community service program projects and development uh, so that was you know 30 million over three years which is peanuts yep um however it was what they promised and in the budget they announced uh 15 million over three years
0: they promised almost nothing and then delivered half of that
2: yeah so uh we <laughs> so that's like really annoying and i think I mean, their argument, like the folks that I've talked to at, uh, you know, the, the folks I've talked to at some, at some minister's offices have explained that LGBT, you know, that that's only funding that's like specifically for LGBTQ communities, but that like LGBTQ people and like are, and like communities are like priority groups and other funding, So like when you look up funding for like arts and culture, like LGBT people are mentioned in that section or like, you know, random sort of other, you know, like health sections, they mention LGBTQ people. But in terms of funding specifically for like LGBTQ organizations, uh, yeah, they, they went from 30 to 15.
1: Well, that's a bummer thanks Jacques
2: <laughs> sorry um but uh you know i don't think it's as i don't think it's the i don't think it's the thing that's gonna bum us out the most tonight so no
1: no, no there's worse to come yeah well we uh you you pretty much invited yourself to this meeting hey
2: um i mean that i feel like that is uh that is pretty tactfully uh <laughs> describing what happened yes <laughs> yeah yeah.
1: Happy to have you I'm like really, really happy that you did that actually so
2: well, thank you, thank you for uh, hosting what I lovingly refer to as my favorite podcast oh so.
1: well, yeah, and tonight, I guess our, I think what we 're going to be doing is having sort of a round table discussion of the city council's well it 's the committee of council, the community wellness committee 's uh, two day discussion of conversion therapy. And, oh, what a discussion it was.
2: I mean, I think at its core, though, it wasn't, it didn't really end up being a discussion about conversion therapy. It ended up being a discussion about a bunch of random stuff that the right wing thinks is related to conversion therapy, but is not.
0: Yes. I, I think I noticed that when I was looking at some of the, what the delegations were talking about, it was just a grab bag of like weird conservative talking points about all things LGBTQ. Yeah, it really was. Land on actually talking about conversion therapy.
1: Well, just for background, what we're discussing, uh, the Community Wellness Committee uh, was considering a report from administration. uh, And this was, uh, it was at the sort of motivation of some of the counselors who wanted to discuss the possibility of a conversion therapy ban in the city of Regina.
2: So what's actually really interesting about that, Paul, yep. is that that's not why it was put on the agenda?
1: Okay, let's tell me.
2: So, I've actually spoken to a handful of counselors who, who told me that it was put on the agenda by our, the one and only uh, Sandra Masters.
1: Oh, really? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay.
2: So, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so, I've actually chatted with a couple of counselors who expressed like we didn't really have time to like, Look at this in in more detail before it was just put on this agenda.
1: Interesting. That is very interesting, because she had mentioned during her campaign that she was in favor of a conversion therapy ban, which seemed um random to me.
2: <laughs> uh, it seemed like the perfect like neoconservative uh you know like expression of solidarity with LGBT people yeah like it it felt random but I think she thought it was going to be like a really safe bet that she could say it and not piss off that many people but that's not what happened
1: right it was one of the inaugural issues of this community, like the Community Wellness Committee is brand new. And uh, so it's only been around for a few months. And uh, this was their first big thing. Because before this, uh, the first day of meetings, before that, they had a report on the age-friendly city. Mm-hmm. And that didn't have any controversy attached to it. It had two speakers and everybody said, yes, we should be friendly to the aged. And we moved on to conversion therapy
2: but not even to conversion therapy we moved on to should the federal government like should the city of regina like support the federal government's discussion about conversion therapy
1: yes exactly and that's and that's all it was it was calling on mayor masters to write a letter to the feds supporting bill c6 which is the federal government's uh conversion therapy ban Bill, Like I said to you, uh, I thought this would be unanimous. I thought, how could anybody like, be opposed to just writing a, a cheerful letter of support to the federal government saying, we're a fan of your bill to stop this horrible, torturous thing that's being done to LGBTQ people? How could anybody oppose that? Uh, I figured it would be a unanimous vote. I figured that, you know, there would be a few delegations and they'd all be in support. And of course, once again, I revealed myself to be grotesquely naive because that's not what happened at all.
2: (laughs) No, it's really not that you did not. (laughs) Your finger was not on the pulse.
1: No, (laughs) you
0: sweet summer child.
1: So yeah, we got like just a litany of 20th Mm -hmm. century trans fear mongering. So many people talking about they're going to give your
0: girls puberty blockers, and it was just
2: handed out like candy.
0: My my favorite was the woman who was I think it was a woman who was terrified of uh, kids getting plastic surgery. I I mean, I mean, it's it's the the level of like willful stupidity and hate filled ignorance. It's kind of horrible, but at the same time, the absurdity was like, "Do you seriously think?" I mean, but we live in a world where people believe that, you know, Hillary Clinton is drinking the blood of children. So, you know, what, what, what? Everything's on the table. You know, after that,
1: maybe we should just jump to the. There was, a, there was a certain thing that happened that was especially egregious, but that I thought the entire two days had been building towards. And it was uh, counselor Tarina Shaw, her character arc. She, she went on a journey over these two days.
2: She did. I think she learned <laughs> a lot about herself. She asked a lot of questions that <laughs> I, that caused me to worry about her. I'm just really worried that she doesn't have like a safe place to talk about her feelings. And yeah, so I'm really worried about her, but.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I I felt like I learned a little more about Tarina Tarina Shaw than I really wanted to. Uh, So many of her hypotheticals when she was asking questions, the hypotheticals would be, okay, let's say you are, uh, you know, you're married and you have an attraction to somebody of the same sex at work. Uh, would this would Bill C six allow you to go out and get therapy to deal with those feelings of those lustful feelings for somebody you know at work?
2: Be like, hypotheticals like, they were just like, like that. hyper specific,
1: and they were. It, she was, It yes. was always the first person. It was always so. I'm attracted to this person at work who's of the same sex. Can I get therapy?
2: Yeah, it was. It was really strange, but I think, like, so I. And you know, and I, I can like sort of make comments and jest about this, but like I, I attended the or I watched the the testimony during, um, the special committee, uh, like discussion of BLC six like an, a few months ago, and there was right. similar sort of hypotheticals offered, and by just like you know, unfortunately, by people with more, um, with more credentials, I think, than Trina Shaw. Um, and so they offered some legitimacy to those questions, and I think that the, that question, and I think the this this strange mental gymnastics that people are um, that people are sort of bringing forward to this conversation about conversion therapy is this idea that this that the federal legislation somehow criminalizes. LGBT people from accessing certain types of care, but it allows straight people to access that care. And so like the, this strange mental gymnastic argument that like, if, if, you know, so, so t- take this like hypothetical Tarina Shaw, who has attraction to, you know, someone in, in her workplace, uh, this in this hypothetical situation, um, these sort of right wing like to me, conspiracy theorists are under the impression that Bill C. Six would criminalize uh, would criminalize the act of a counselor trying to help someone not cheat on their spouse with someone of the same sex because well you can't you can't you know um, you can't try to discourage same sex attraction but but it wouldn't criminalize a counselor who was trying to discourage someone from cheating on their partner with someone of, of, of another sex. Mm. And that's just like, that is so, that's just such weird mental gymnastics. And I'm like, and it's like, that's obviously not what this does, but people who are not lawyers or like legislative experts are claiming that it does. And I, I, yeah, I'm just still just baffled by all of that to be honest.
1: Uh council councilor Shaw, councilor Findura were the only like there's there's five councilors on the committee. Uh Findura and Shaw. Also, uh, councilor Stevens is the chair, councilor uh, Stadnichuk is there, as is councilor LeBlanc, and it was really only uh Findura and Shaw who were raising any of these uh like really sort of like outrageously bizarre questions when like when you look at the text of the the bill which was included in the report package it's a total of 313 words is sort of the crucial portion of the bill that covers you know what conversion therapy is and what's uh how it's being like uh criminalized it's it's not that it's not that difficult to read when i looked it, at it's it it's
2: really not and what's what's really baffling to me is that the bill doesn't even ban conversion therapy. It bans non-consensual conversion therapy.
1: Exactly. Like,
2: so so in, it's like saying, like, <laughs> huh, it just, it makes me, it just makes me so, like, it's like every time, there were so many times where, and even like when I was, because I was, you know, I participated as, as a delegation and there was moments uh, both, you know, with my own, you know, with the questions that I was getting from some counselors, but also that I was listening to counselors ask other delegations, where I just wanted to ask, have you read the bill? Like, have you read the legislative summary of the bill, also of the bill? And I think at one, you know, and I and I remember at one point, I mentioned that in a response to a question where I said, a lot of this information is actually in that legislative summary that you can read. And then I think later, um, Councillor Stadnachuk asked someone, like, have you read the legislative summary? Another delegation. And they were like, I, I don't know. I think so. Maybe, you know, it was just really strange to me to see all of these delegations similar to like that lawyer on the first day oh who God. like, and he just, at one point he was like, I don't have time to do all this research. Yeah. And I was like, you literally are speaking in front of council about something that you're claiming to be an expert on. And he just was not. Like, he just brought out this, like, really junk science. It was just the most bizarre thing. And I, I, and it just really, I don't know. I'm still just like he, at a loss.
1: He, the lawyer, I, like, I don't wanna, I don't wanna single anybody out, you know, delegation, but holy man, do I ever wanna single him out because his delegation <laughs> was, was, dim-witted and yet because he kept saying things like throughout his prepared statement he was like well I've just started looking into this and from what I've read I think and I don't really know about this but what I think is and he was like confessing that he was really not an expert on any of these things and yet when Shaw and Findura came to him with Questions they would be asking him as a legal expert, yeah. even though he was demonstrably not a legal expert on the very thing that he was holding forth his opinions on. You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau with hosts Aidan Morgan and Paul Duchesne, and today's guest, Jacques Brassour, on 91.3 FM, CJTR, tuned into the community.
2: What, what I found really fascinating, I think, with, uh, amongst all of the delegations was sort of the contrast between some delegations who when, when counselors would ask, you know, do you think the bill does this? And you have some delegations say, well, I'm actually not a legal expert. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not a lawyer, so I can't speak to that. Um, but, you know, from the legal experts that I've read, this is what they say, but I'm not one. So, you know, take me at my word versus the other ones who would say, Oh yeah, totally. Um, mm-hmm. And What's interesting about that is that I found that the delegations that were in support uh, of, of the conversion, you know, of supporting this conversion ban, conversion therapy ban, were more ready to say, I'm not an expert in this. You need to talk to people who are experts right. than the people who were against it. And and I know Kat Haynes has sort of talked about this and she wrote about this in the letter uh, that was published by the Sask Dispatch. And where she quotes um, she quotes a trans theorist about sort of about like ignorance, um, and she expl- and in this Twitter thread from this uh, from this theorist, uh, Jules Jill Peterson, uh, she says, "You know, we're led to think of ignorance as a deficit of knowledge, but it's much better to treat it as an active, powerful mode of knowing as an alibi." Mm-hmm. So anti-trans agitators Brilliant. can use law, medicine, and science ignorantly, which is to say maliciously, on purpose. And they know that. Like, they know that they're doing that. And that was what I found really interesting about a lot of the delegations. They were just spouting things that they, that they knew had to not be true.
1: But they were just trying to raise enough doubt in enough counselors to sort of throw a spanner in this, uh, this recommendation going forward.
2: Well, that's sort of what it felt like to me.
1: Yeah. And they achieved it, right? Like, uh, at the end, Findura and Shaw had been, and like very quickly, it was clear that uh, Findura came into these meetings deeply skeptical. And I think he'd been, like, my my sense was that he had already absorbed the uh, arguments that were being put forth by the uh, people who were opposed to a conversion therapy ban. Yeah, but they did. They kept referring back to that lawyer for, throughout the two days. They referred back to him, and uh, there was another. There were another they couple kept delegations. Referring back to
2: Emmanuel, yeah, whose whose um, whose delegation was almost identical to his testimony to Emmanuel's testimony during the federal hearing on Bill C six.
1: Oh, so he was in the federal, he was he yeah. presented he there spoke, as well.
2: Yeah, he sp- and I heard it, and it was almost identical. And so when I heard it in, in Regina, you know, Regina's. You know, community wellness community, I'm listening to him and I'm going, I've heard this before. Like, what deja vu is this?
1: Could you run through what he had to say, like, just briefly?
2: Yeah. So he, you know, he talked about, you know, he's someone who identifies as a person with same sex attraction. And when he was younger, um, he, um, I don't know, I think he sort of talked about his experience as, like, you know, engaging in a lot of uh, harmful behavior. Um, And then he, you know, went to a counselor and to his, you know, into a faith leader to try to get help because he wanted to stop. um, I, you know, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but sort of stop, like, um, uh, you know, stop uh, having relationships with men or stop sort of, allowing you know himself to, to engage in, in those types of relationships and his everyone he talked to was like no you should just like you should be proud of who you are and you know like keep you know keep living your life and whatever and then he finally was able to find um to find a faith community that sort of helped him uh learn or helped him sort of live the lifestyle that he wanted to live and how um now because he lives in calgary so his argument, sort of what he was saying was that ever since calgary passed their municipal bylaw he's been unable to find um care or support uh from professionals who will help him not you know engage in that type of behavior so which
0: is ongoing
2: yeah and 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 like, oh, and he
1: described it as he's like, he's a person who has homosexual attraction, but is living a celibate life.
2: Yeah. 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 You know, I've worked with LGBT people who, who, who identify that way and who live their lives that way. And I've ha- like, and which is what I sort of testified to, or, you know, part of my delegation I spoke to, like, I've worked with LGBT people who have come to me saying that that's the type of lifestyle that they want to live. And I support them in that. And they, Mm. you know, if they say that these are their choices, I say, well, great, then there's ways to do that. And of course I say, you don't have to do that. And, you know, there are ways, you know, you can exist as, you know, a healthy person. You can, you know, without sort of all of the different lifestyles that you maybe think are associated with, you know, with LGBT people, Um, you know, because people, a lot of people who are new into discovering this about themselves assume that to be gay means being non-monogamous or means, you know being promiscuous or like all of these things. And for some LGBT people, that is what it means. And for others, it's not. And so part of, you know, it's a, so Emmanuel's sort of talking about how like he is now, you know, suing the city of Calgary for like breaching his human rights because mm-hmm. he can't access a professional that will support him. What, what that means to me is that there needs to be like more training or um like, development for, for mental health practitioners who are supporting LGBT people who, you know, or people who identify as having homosexual attraction, um, but want to live celibate lifestyles or, you know, live in, in heterosexual relationships because that is that like, and that's complicated. And I know that, like I work with, you know, I have colleagues who would never, you know, be able to support someone through that, but I really struggle with the idea of the solution to that problem is we should let conversion therapy happen. Like that's not the solution to that problem. I believe that 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 Emmanuel deserves to find, you know, professional healthcare for for himself that does that. But but I, it it also just seems to me like is he actually looking for that? Like is he actually looking for healthcare though, or mental healthcare, or is he looking for something else? So I mean I don't know. It's just yeah, it's just really complicated, and I don't think that the counselors um, during the community wellness you know, the the community wellness committee were equipped to, to listen to, uh, sort of the nuances or like complexities of those conversations. And they definitely like, and they definitely weren't equipped to sort of moderate a conversation that was going to bring about such like dangerous rhetoric.
1: We, we, this isn't uh, well, actually, you know what we're running out of time for this half. And when we come back, I, I would like to like delve deeper into, uh, uh, Councillor Shaw's character arc but um uh, it's the second time that Regina has had like uh, an issue has come up uh before council and before committee that has attracted all of these uh all of these voices from across the country and across the prairies the um the sponsorship motion also had a bunch of, you know, sort of more national voices or, you know, uh, trans prairie voices would show up. Uh, One of the sort of like double-edged swords of having everything online now is that anybody can telecommute into one of our meetings now and uh, spout off about something. So.
2: Yeah, it is is really interesting, but I think it also speaks to maybe some flaws in the way that like to me it doesn't why are people who aren't from a community speaking at like I think it's one thing if you're Mm. an expert right if you're like coming to offer expert testimony or like you know I think that that would be one thing but to have people who are just like oh I'm just like an individual and I you know never been to Regina I like live in Ottawa but here's what I think about this thing like it just feels (laughs) really strange to me and and I think you know to your point Paul just about yeah like you know with with everything being online maybe that's why that's happening but it yeah i really struggle with it
1: okay well we should uh, cut to our uh, pre-recorded innovative revenue tools and when we come back on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio with jacques brasseur we'll talk some more about the community wellness committee's conversion therapy uh discussion <laughs> The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. Okay, we're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Uh, hey, Aiden. Mm-hmm. Uh, at our last meeting, we, uh, we mused for a long time about what could po- who could possibly be the mystery purchaser of a giant parcel of land to the north of huh. the city adjacent to Co-op Refinery.
0: Yes, we were, we were so wise. We, we were wise, we were wise sages musing upon that
1: one. And unfortunately, while we were having that discussion, the Leader Post actually was breaking news online that uh, the purchaser was boringly Viterra.
0: Uh, we were such fools. What fools we turned out to be. Uh, this is an egg on our faces.
1: Well, I'm actually just, I think, I think our ideas were better. I would rather live in the world where we were mm-hmm. right. And Viterra didn't buy that land.
0: I agree. I agree completely.
2: What does Viterra do? Like what? Are I, I they like to... a pharmaceutical company?
1: No, they handle grain. All different types of grains.
2: Why did I think that they were a pharmaceutical company? company
1: because they have a pharmaceutical company name like serious
2: like it sounds like they yeah. would make medication yep right okay yes. like like you know talk to your doctor to see if Vatera yeah. is right for you like that <laughs> if, that's good though you know we need more grain in Saskatchewan yeah,
1: yeah. and they handle them all Perfect. wheat corn oats handle them all hey hey they yep they've got it all you name a grain Vatera handles it and they're going to be handling it to the north of our city
2: <laughs> beautiful Amaranth?
1: Jacques, Aiden, The discussion of conversion therapy. So the report that was being discussed was calling for a letter to the federal government saying this, that we as a council support Bill C-6. And then we had all these people come out to say why Bill C-6 was a bad idea. And to raise all these specious arguments uh, with their concerns about uh, how the bill will control the way that churches and organizations can, you know, provide people with therapy for various things. And then eventually, after like two days of these discussions, right near the end of day two, something happened. And I have the audio of it. And it was in a line of questioning from Counselor Shaw to, to a delegation. It is. It's, you know, kind of like the climax of these two days. And so it's, you know, it's kind of like sort of like poetically perfect that it came right at the end of two days of delegations. Uh, But you could almost hear everything sort of building to this moment over these two days.
3: So just a follow up question to that. Now we're saying we can control people's desires or we can't control people's desires. We can't control what they want. Uh, for a partner in sex. Am I correct in hearing you say that? Yes, that's true. So my follow-up question to that is: people that are in jail, people that are pedophiles, people that are child molesters, that have that have converted and have repented and have.
1: Trina, D- 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 I know where you're going. Just back to. Yeah. C6. Sexuality is a tough thing, I get it. Uh, but we're talking about the implications of a, bu- a bylaw I I or
3: understand. a C6, yes. please. I, I know, and I understand, and I, and, I, and I know you know where I'm going. So if, if an older gentleman is attracted to a young boy, you can't go get help for this under Bill C6. Is Am I correct in understanding that to the chair? Um, get help, it depends on what you might mean by get help. Um, to, to become converted to not have to, attracted to, to young boys. Um, I, I I actually don't believe we can prevent it from being attracted. I, I suppose except through uh, chemical use or castration. Um, there are means uh, that that are invasive to the body that can repress sexual attraction, and and some may be used for violent offenders. However. Um, the, the counseling is around how to um, control uh, the, the, um, the impetus to act out those desires. We all have all sorts of desires that are not, that we don't want to be act on. We get angry and we'd like to hit people, but we control ourselves and prevent ourselves from hitting people. Um, so yes, you can counsel somebody to stop acting out a behavior that is harmful. Uh, to society, but you can't counsel somebody out of an attraction. It doesn't work. Correct, but you just to follow up on that, wasn't really my question. Is so if, if I'm an adult male and I have a sexual attraction to a, a younger male of the same sex, Tarina, I want sorry, Mr. <laughs>
1: Shaw, we're getting dangerously close to comparing pedophilia and sex offenders offenses against children to the sexually diverse community. I understand you're using analogy. You're getting really close to that. Please don't make you, me rule you out of order for it. Okay,
3: okay. Then we'll
1: just leave it at that. Thank you. Good. Okay. That was Councillor Shaw. Uh, the person who was chairing was Councillor Stevens there, uh, who okay. you know, threatened to rule her out of order.
2: Like, my heart goes out to that poor woman, who, the delegation, mm-hmm. who was just like a rant. Like she was just there as an individual, just like I like, and it felt re- like this is what was baffling to me. It was that counselor Shaw, like why did she ask that woman that question? Right. Yeah. Like, like there were, there were, there were mental health practitioners who spoke. Um. There was, you know, there was like, you know, Chris Wells, who's like, who's like done research on conversion therapy. Like there were so many other people that she have, could have asked that question to. Which, you know, to your point is that it really felt like this just like, like everything had been leading there and she wanted to get that out. Yeah. Um, And she was,
1: it was just building to this over two days.
2: Yeah. But, but, and, and like, while, you know, while the delegation I think said, you know, like, I don't know that we should, you know, support like castrating people. I don't think that that's something that, you know, I don't Mm -hmm. don't care what type of crime they've committed. I don't think that that's like a, that's like a, you know, way of, of treating living things human beings but and you know so but like that's a whole other conversation but I I do think that like the brazen like I'm still just in a lot of ways really uh surprised about like the brazenness of Shaw to say something like that like it was I just thought like how how can you be thinking that this is a good idea um even if you think that why would you say this yeah (laughs) um like that was that was really baffling to me
1: she did. Uh, she followed this up not too long afterwards uh, when uh, delegations were finished. Uh, she said, you know, that she absolutely does oppose conversion therapy and that there shouldn't be, you know, efforts to coerce people into changing the way that they uh, their identity or the way that they the people that they desire. That And that she's 100 percent a supporter of human rights. Uh, at the end of the day, though, she voted in when Councillor LeBlanc passed an amendment for administration to write a report exploring the possibility of Regina imposing a conversion therapy ban. Councillor Shaw voted in favor of that, in favor of getting that report. But then at the same time, she voted against the provision to write a letter to the federal government supporting Bill C-6, saying she didn't like the way that Bill C-6 was worded.
2: What I find really interesting about that is that she, you know, there has been... Um, dozens if not hundreds of lawyers who have like reviewed Bill C6, who've written about it, who have you know, ex- like, you know, working for the federal government, who have like, looked over the language to ensure that it does that the bill does what it claims to be doing, and and she chose instead to listen to this random guy uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lawyer, you know who spoke to, like, and so it just felt like you were really cherry-picking you know, what you're, what you're listening to. I think, I don't know. I mean, yeah, I guess it's good that she voted, uh, you know, the way that she voted to, to explore um, the feasibility of a ban in Regina. But I I still think that, you know, you're getting the, like, you know, these counselors who, who are, um, who are letting these sort of right-wing, you know, anti-trans uh organi organizers or you know speakers like manipulate them into thinking that they give mm-hmm. that they care at all about lgbt mm. people's health like it's just a lot like and we're seeing the same thing right with with all these like anti-trans um like sports bills in the united states right now like people don't those people don't care about women's sports <laughs> like we you know, like in, in in the same way they didn't care about women's bathrooms 2 years ago, but they yeah. didn't successfully, you know, they couldn't successfully pass bathroom bills, so it's finding something else to pass. So, I think it's just like it is just naive if people believe that this is actually, you know, that the that the discourse that we're hearing is actually about conversion therapy because it's not. It's about legislating trans people particularly trans people out of existing in public spaces well well, i think it's really important to talk about what sh- dog, you know what counselor shaw said i think that it's also important and this i think speaks to even the lack of um trans allyship within like gay and lesbian communities in regina um there was a delegation who made reference to like transition care uh mm-hmm. as mutilation And made some really disgusting comparisons between like self-harm and transition care and, um, you know, like genital mutilation and transition care. And like that is also like a really dangerous, disgusting comparison to be making. But people don't seem as upset about that.
1: I missed that. I'm glad I did, actually.
2: And so, like, I, you know, and so, yeah, while I'm like, yes, you know, what Shereen, what what Councillor Shaw said was, like, abhorrent, um, there was a lot of things that were said that were pretty abhorrent that people just don't understand as well.
1: This is the first council anything that I felt should come with a trigger warning.
2: Totally. Yeah. Uh,
1: in all fairness to Trina Shaw, I think I, I should read her statement because I suspect what happened was she finished the meeting, she went home and then she saw what was going on uh, on, t- on Twitter and Facebook and uh, some of the uh, responses to what she had to say. And uh, because I, I certainly saw social media was exploding with a lot of serious anger and disgust at what yeah. uh, council. Shaw said. So she released this statement later in the day. I got this um, from uh, CBC reporter Heidi Adder's Twitter feed. And uh, so this is what this is what Tarina Shaw released later that same day. I want to offer my deepest apologies to the LGBTQ plus community for my comments at city council regarding conversion therapy. As a longtime human rights advocate, I sympathize with the struggles and oppression that members of this community face every day. And I'm deeply ashamed that I have inadvertently contributed to that. My comments were generated by a lack of understanding on my part about Federal Bill C-6 and about these issues generally. The onus is on me to become better educated on these matters, and I commit to do so. The only explanation for my actions, but this does not excuse them, is that I fell down a rabbit hole of overanalyzing the minutiae of the legal wording of the bill and the city resolution. I now recognize that this was irrelevant and inappropriate. What matters and all that matters is that forced conversion therapy is an abhorrent form of torture and brainwashing that has no place in Canadian society. I deeply regret anything I said that could be interpreted to suggest that I feel otherwise. Once again, I regret my statements and I will endeavor to do better to ensure that all residents of our city are treated with the dignity and respect they deserve. Tarina Shaw, Councillor Ward 7. I've heard a lot of not apologies. This felt like a real apology to me, but I'd be curious to know what you guys think.
0: Well, for my part, I've heard, I've heard worse apologies. Uh, overall, I'm. What 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 bothers me about that apology is that it, it shouldn't have even it shouldn't be necessary. She shouldn't have gone there in the first place. It just boggles my mind that she said those things out loud. Uh, although I appreciate that she did apologize, I, I just, I, I just don't know why in the twenty first century we're we're having that kind of conversation and those kinds of invidious comparisons.
2: Yeah, that- I mean, yeah, I echo that, Aiden. I but I also think you know, and yeah, Paul, I think to your point, it was it was not a non apology. Like I, I do think that that it was um, that there was some genuineness to it but I, I just really struggle with counselors who say, you know, I didn't know enough about this. And I'm thinking like, so, okay, why, why didn't you know more about it? And Mm -hmm. so for example, like I know I've heard from, from counselors, uh, from other counselors that, um, that members of the religious community met with counselors before the first committee community wellness committee meeting to talk about this, about this, this um, whole conversation. My question Mm. to councilor Shaw is like, you didn't know more about this because you invested your energy into hearing from a community that, that you understand already. And the reality is is there are dozens, if not more, LGBTQ uh, community members, activists, organizers, and a number of experts in gender and sexuality in our city who she could have asked questions to and I know that she could have because I heard like I heard from counselors who were asking me questions wanting to learn more, and so I just really struggle with sort of with that sort of it it just it feels like an alibi right well i should have known more i didn't know a lot about this and i should have and i'm sorry but you know i have yet to hear from Tarina shaw yeah i i just struggle with i yeah i and so to me it's like it it feels like a well-crafted statement that i don't i don't really know that i have a lot of faith that she'll follow through on it
1: a um, couple of things. One, this all goes before council. So this recommendation goes up to council. So Councillor Shaw is going to have a chance to vote on all of this again, ask delegates questions again, and make a speech again. And so I think the proof In whether or not this is a real apology, and if Tarina Shaw has grown over the course of the Community Wellness Committee meeting, will be in the council meeting that's coming up later this month where uh, this report will come forward. If Tarina Shaw repeats her behavior at uh, Community Wellness, then, you know, I throw my hands in the air. But at, at the moment, I want to give her the benefit of the doubt because I think. The committee meetings are supposed to be learning opportunities for councillors. It's where they're supposed to get people in a room and learn from them before a recommendation is sent up to council. And then council is the more considered right. moment for all of council. If we did like watch Councillor Shaw go from completely ignorant and kind of maybe uh, brainwashed by a community that she's been surrounded by or swimming in. To a greater understanding of this issue, uh, I, I think that will be a success. I think that will be a good thing, and you know, hats off uh, if you can like say you're wrong and grow. But yeah. we'll find out. We'll find out in a couple of weeks, right?
0: I, I was just going to say the, the proof of the apology is in the work you do afterwards. Exactly. And that's the, that's the real apology is is doing is actually doing better, actually putting in the work.
1: Thank you for saying in like four words what I was stammering out <laughs> about fifty.
2: <laughs> yeah, I think, okay, the only other thing I want to talk about, which is totally irrelevant from Shaw, and this was something I think that uh, Paula, Paula Cressy and Winsel maybe pointed out uh, okay. on on Twitter, is that there's something really funny about, I think about, I think it was Fendura or something, I think it was Fendura, who said something about, like, I I'm not a lawyer, I don't feel comfortable passing this law, this bylaw or something, and just the 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 hilarity of someone who was literally elected to do a job saying that they're that they can't pass legislation um, is just really funny to me.
1: Yeah, I, I think Councillor Findura, because of Councillor Shaw's antics, uh, Councillor Findura has gotten off very easy <laughs> in all of this. Is <laughs> His questions were just as terrible if uh, slightly less outrageously phrased. And uh, also, the dude cannot make his computer go. And I I, I was trying to put together a supercut of him. uh, uh, I'm I'm trying to make this go. Uh, Oh, can you hear me? Uh, (laughs) Is it my turn? For two days, he just could not push the button at the right time and never knew if he was supposed to be speaking and was always like confused about when or who was supposed to be talking. But yeah, he was much more sort of like a more soft spoken, but he was pretty much committed to his vote from the very beginning. There was no growth in Findura's position over those two days.
2: Yeah, I really did feel that
1: way. I also thought LeBlanc gave a summary of the sort of legal, because LeBlanc is a lawyer, he gave a a summary of the sort of like legal, uh, he gave basically a legal opinion of Bill C-6, saying he didn't think that it uh, warranted the kind of, uh, the kind of conspiracy theories that were being foisted upon the committee. And uh, he did an excellent job of, uh, I think, skewering the, uh, the two days worth of delegations uh, with, you know, five minutes of speech. Like it was too bad we couldn't just jump to that and had to go through everything else. You're listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau with hosts Aidan Morgan and Paul Duchesne and today's guest, Jacques Brasseur on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community.
2: Yeah, yeah, I found that really interesting, uh, for sure. Yeah, Um, it's, go ahead.
1: Oh no! I just wanted to say we've got about three minutes.
2: Oh, great! Um, <laughs> I <laughs> yeah, just this whole conversation has just been wild, and I think um, I'm just still really confused as to how it all happened. And I think, I think you know the the city hall meeting, uh, city council meeting at the end of the month is going to be like ten times worse.
1: Yeah, so. I 100% agree. Uh, I do. I do have one theory I need to share. Let's hear it. I did not understand why did Councillor Shaw vote in favor of the uh, the municipal ban report on conversion therapy, but could not vote for Bill C six. And I've noticed that Councillor Shaw is a frequent guest on John Gormley. I've seen pictures of her on social media palling around with Scott Moe. I'm going to go out on a limb here. I suspect she's a little bit on the conservative side of things and. I think she can't do anything to support Justin Trudeau in any way.
0: That could be it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that that could, I think that that could be accurate. I, I think, I think that it could have just been, she thinks that a municipal bylaw, if it was written properly, you know, in her mind and it like, cause I mean, there are some, I, I mean, I have con- some concerns with the way that bill C6 is written. Um, for quite different reasons, mm-hmm. uh, most likely. But um, and so I think maybe that that was where the difference was. Was like, well, if we look at our own bylaw, then it, we can craft it to not, you know, to to address the gaps maybe that I see in Bill C six. My guess is I ha- I have a prediction about what's going to happen at City Council at the end of the month, okay. and it Let's is hear. that the the conversion therapy man uh, or the this sort of you know interest in a report. Is going to be voted down, and I think that uh, I think that Mayor Masters will either vote no or will come extremely close to voting no.
1: Wow, that's interesting.
2: I really do. I really huh. do. I think that she, th- you know, what I said at the beginning. Like, I think she thought that it was going to be she was going to get praised for. Coming out against conversion therapy, and then she got too many. She got in trouble uh from from some of her supporters, mm-hmm. and is is feeling the heat. So um that's yeah, that's what I think is going to happen. And the reality is is that if this gets struck down, it's not coming back. Yep. And that's and that's where a lot of my concerns this whole time have lied. Is like, is like I don't know that the timing's right for this because we just there's no, the the energy within LGBT communities in the province right now are not. There to be really haggling a situation like this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I'm proved wrong.
1: Like I hope that even if nothing happens here, at least it sounds like Bill C6 is going to pass, and probably before. Like it'll it'll be made law before summer. I take hope from that.
2: Yeah, that's true. Fingers crossed.
1: Yeah,
0: but there there, there is one thing that I, I worry about, and we we've, we've touched on it uh, a bit. But what what I'm seeing is that we have something that should be very in a a big sense, kind of low stakes. We've got uh, a small city talking about a letter in support of a federal bill and and we just have some delegations, but what we get is a coordinated like religious right, anti-LGBTQ faction, just coming in, like basically just trying to launch an assault against it so if they're willing to do all this then what else are they willing to do
2: totally yeah it really is it really does feel really like low stakes like you know like who do you really think that like regina writing a letter to the federal government is going to be what pushes it over you know like like nobody's going to read that letter you know like so yeah it just it really felt like you're maybe freaking out about this and just calm down like who cares but i think that people saw it yeah as like a symbolic i think this is just the beginning of the right wing sort of attacking lgbtq rights in the province and it's gonna be really scary when it gets worse
1: a happy note to end on jacques thank you
2: (laughs) i i am i am very sorry I am so that's sorry. Okay. in, in great news, right. Teachers are now eligible for the vaccine.
1: Yes. That so, is great news.
2: Yes. That's a happy note because we had devastatingly, you know, a teacher pass away. So uh, it's mm-hmm. so great to hear that, uh, that other teachers will be able to get the vaccine.
1: And in other news, we now have the uh, Brazilian variant is in Regina. Hello and welcome <laughs> to the Brazilian variant. Welcome to our city. Please enjoy our our, our parks and our uh, our many our many restaurants. <laughs> On that note, we have to call it. We are way out of time.
0: All right. Well, uh, I won't. I won't uh, do the sort of the the usual grand spiel uh, in that case. But just you know, goodbye. Goodbye.
3: Goodbye. Yeah. goodbye.